Welcome back to Mom, Let's Talk. Do not cancel your business just because people you know do not support you. The world is full of strangers rooting for you. Today's topic is, I want to talk about how not to give up on yourself. I used to be a foster mom, and I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before. Um, Recently, I've had one of my old foster children ring my doorbell at one o'clock in the morning. This particular young lady was very alleviated and at the point of tears. I asked her to come in. She really didn't want to come in. She was so hurt. And she's having trust issues. She would talk and then say, I probably shouldn't have said that to you. People that have been in her life have used her situation against her. A lot of things she went through as a teen, she didn't want to listen. She didn't want to behave. She felt she could do everything herself and just go live her life. I always try to encourage her to do better. I'm a person of, I guess I have that entrepreneurial gene. And I always find things to make into a business. And I keep trying to promote this to others. When she was a teen, she made me feel like she should be a motivational speaker because of her situation. And now her situation has gotten worse and then gotten better. She's not where she should be, and she's not where she wants to be. She's in that, it's so jacked up, I don't see my way out. And when she rang my doorbell at one in the morning, she says, can I just use your phone? I asked her to come in and to have a seat so that we could talk it out and see what the issue was. We talked for a bit. Um, She calmed down a little bit, but she was still a little stressed. And then she asked me to take her to get some cigarettes, and I, I took her to get some cigarettes. And, you know, she wanted something to keep her alleviation going. Well... I didn't want to give it to her or allow her to purchase it. By the grace of God, the liquor store she wanted to go to was closed. And all we could do was go to the gas station and get the cigarettes. She smoked a cigarette and calmed down. And I told her, well, you know, let's lay down. We can make that phone call at an appropriate time the next day.
the next day comes around and she's out and about and she's doing things and at this point it's the day before her birthday she hangs out and I decide that um, I'm gonna cook dinner so I asked her to join me in the kitchen and we talk this young lady is always 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 angry so I asked her I said do you know what makes you angry to the point of no return there's something that makes you angry it's not the situation that is presented in front of you it's something else that you have been through that gets you to the point of no return when someone just ticks you off she leaves she's gone for a couple of hours she comes back and she goes into the bathroom and she comes out. She doesn't go in and do her business. She goes in and she walks out and she says, I know what makes me angry. I said, okay. She explains to me her past traumas are things she's trying to hide. And when she's alleviated, they come out. So instead of them coming out, she gets angry. She blows off the handle. She does all of this outrageous stuff to keep people from finding out what's actually going wrong with her. So I would discuss these things with her when she was a teen. She never would say, nor would she think about it. And I was like, hmm, interesting. That's nice to know. So we move on. And she used to tell me, I hate seeing you. I hate it. I hate it. And she finally told me why she hates seeing me. We would have those heart-to-heart talks. I would tell her what I know. And we'd sit and we'd cry about the things that hurt and we would always talk about her hurt but she would never give those details you just know about the hurt and at the point when I met her she was 15 she's 26 as of Thursday Today is Friday. Um, She's still at my home. Um, I went home yesterday from work and my oldest daughter texted me on my way home and she was like, hey, can you stop by the store and pick up some cupcakes? I just want to make her feel good. And I'm going to tell you, that didn't cross my mind but what I was going to do is go home and like try to make a cake so I said cool I stopped by the store I pick up the cupcakes I take them home I put them when I enter my home my oldest daughter is in the kitchen she had just finished cooking fed everyone I come in 
I just sit down in the kitchen. I set my bags down. Now the young lady comes in. I was like, oh, no tacos for me? For me? And we know I love tacos? And the young lady walks up with her last taco to hand to me. I said, no, sweetheart, you need to eat. You eat. So I just sit there. Well, when I sit there, that young lady comes in. She doesn't leave the kitchen. My youngest son comes in. He's sitting on my lap. My youngest daughter walks in. My oldest son walks in. So now, there's six people in this little bitty kitchen. But we're all there. And we're talking. And the cupcakes are off in the corner. Which she never paid attention to. But, of course, my youngest son spotted them. And he's, like, asking for them. And I'm like, no. And I keep saying no, but then I was like, you know what? Forget it. So what I do is I grab the cupcakes. I tell this young lady, here, can you hold these for me real quick? She was like, okay. So she's holding the cupcakes. And then I said, okay, on the count of three, guys, sing. I counted out one, two, three. We start singing. She's singing too. And then she stops in the middle of singing and it's like, who are we singing happy birthday to? Everyone in the room says, you. She was like, duh. <laughs> I wish I could have videoed this interaction. It was so hilarious. We sing happy birthday. We have cupcakes. And she just could not get over the fact that she didn't realize we were singing to her. Not only that, we made her day. 26 years. And we made her day. Which, of course, you know, me being the sensitive one that I am, of course I cry, she cries. We're all laughing and crying and having a good time. We sit down and we talk more we continue the conversation we had the day before which was improving her life and you know at this point right now she's homeless and I'm trying to help her get on her feet in a way that lets her be independent so, you know, we discussed going into a shelter and having the shelter help her get where she needs to be because she was on her feet at one point, but she relapsed in her addiction and she really wants to move forward. She's no longer addicted. She's making those strides to not continue in the addiction to crack cocaine. Um, she still has habits, which is, I want to say genetic for her, the alcoholism. Um, she is also bipolar. And that combination it is rough. And also along with the feeling that I'm not worth it. 
you know, it's, it's just the negative thoughts and knowing that she could be doing something better. And to come around me, someone who's always trying to be positive and uplifting and see the best in you, she's like, I don't want to hear that right now. You know, and she, in her addiction, she wouldn't come over. And when she did stop by, she had to hurry up and leave. Or she would walk past my home and put her head down, not look up to say hi. You know, walk real fast. Just didn't want me to see her in her addiction. And when we talked yesterday on our birthday, we, we talked about I, how I would see her and how I noticed those things. But when she was doing well, I complimented her. I let her know I'm proud of you. I love the fact that you're working on this. We continue to have more and more conversation. She disclosed some information to me. And... She didn't think she was disclosing exactly what she didn't want me to know. And I said, oh, so that's that's all? And she looked at me. She was like, oh, see, now you're going to change your mind. I was like, okay, and what does that mean? You know, oh, okay. And she was really taken back by the fact that no one shunned her because of this devastating information. You know, it's devastating to have something happen to yourself. And it's devastating to try to, like, give that information to someone whom you feel you can trust. Now, she's tried trusting others and it backfired on her. So she's trying to entrust me with some information and I'm okay with the information that she's giving. And and she she gives me little bits and pieces of information over these years from 15 to 26. There's information that you just know and you wait for that person to just tell you that information. And then you just let them know, okay. You still can move forward from this. You still can be an upstanding person in society. And there are tons of people with these issues. You are not the only one and you're not going to be the last one. This is how we can work through that and work around that. I told this young lady that she needs to become a motivational speaker. My reason for saying that is because she has a story to tell. Now I want you to know, if she tells you this story, there will not be a dry eye in a venue. And... I let her know. I envision her dolled up, which is something she has not been in a long time. 
dressed to the nines and telling her story without a tear. And then when the tears do flow, they're tears of joy because she realized, yes, I've been through all of this traumatic stuff, but yet here I stand to tell my story to you. I want her to feel that fullness and that joy and that pride about herself when she overcomes her trauma. Sometimes it takes our foster children a lifetime to overcome their trauma. But it takes foster parents to just know the backstory and know the hurt and know those things and still stay strong in who you are and push that child push them to where they need to be fight them fight that battle you know if you gotta jump up and down yell and scream and curse and stump then that's what you do because this is what these children need they don't think anybody cares enough to jump up and down stump scream curse them out and just have have no hair so letting my hair fall out is nothing because it's not even there I I jump up and down I yell and scream I discipline I punish I ground I do all of that for my oldest son I want him to know my reasoning behind this is because I love you I am not giving up on you. You are not disposable. And I wish to have given that to this young lady. Even though she knows. And she has said to me. I have done some things I am not proud of. She explained to to me. Some of the things that she has done. And my facial expression did not change. My opinion of her did not change. My love for her did not change. And will not change when she comes to me to tell me the rest of her story. I want her to be able to stand before me and say everything she needs to say about herself and her story and how she's overcome and how she's made a difference not only in someone else's life but her own life i want her to be able to be proud to say i am yada 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 i stand before you with the power of saying i have changed I want her to be so proud to have that come out of her mouth. I want those feelings to be so great and so powerful that she teaches others. If I can do this and I meaning somebody who felt that they were unworthy of living, that they can move forward from whatever place they are in with all the hurt knowing this hurt got me to the point 
of my success. Take that hurt and make it a positive. That's what I want her to do. In our conversation, she asked on her birthday, she said, I want to go bowling. I said, okay. We can't do it today because it's a little late. And we can't do it tomorrow because I gotta work. I said, but I got you on Saturday. We going bowling on Saturday. And I said, it's a family affair. We all going bowling. She said, we are. She wanted to know if she could invite her boyfriend. I said, yeah. You can invite him. That's fine. So, hopefully, Saturday goes well. And we make these things happen so that she understands my love for her does not change because you've been a terrible person or that you've become addicted to something. If you can overcome that, okay, that means you did the hard work. You did the work. You put in the work to get there. So now I know you can put in the work to get to the next juncture of your life. I want to give this gift to her for making the choice to do better. Because all these years, she did not make that choice to live better, to do better, to be right to herself. And now I see in her face. I want to do right. I'm ready. It's going to take time and effort on her part to make those changes and to get them right. But as she do, does what she needs to for her, I will be there to support her. I will be there to hold her hand. I will be there. I most certainly will be there. I want to continue to watch her like I watch my own children. She may not have been adopted by me, but once you are a mom, you are a mom forever. Be it that the children live with you or not. You are a mom forever. And I will continue to be mom forever. I love being a mom. With the ups and the downs and the bad stuff. Whew, Lord. It's greater later. And when my children get older, I want them to feel the same thing. I definitely did not tell you guys that my youngest daughter looks a lot like me. And the young lady that this podcast is about today, she said, hmm, she acts a lot like you. Because you know how you always feeding me? And you always say, come on in here and get you something to eat. Come on and sit down. My youngest daughter said, come on in the house, get you something to eat and lay down and go to sleep. You need some rest. And for her to tell me that, we all laughed because that is something I tell them. You know, I, I tell my foster kids, come on in here, get you something to eat, 
lay down and get some rest. I know it's been a long night. So come on in. She was happy to say that my youngest daughter is like me. And, you know, I, I, I am proud to say that 